it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. As we begin the third chapter of this 2021 campaign, we realize how lucky we are in many ways for family and friends and for wonderful storytellers like our guest today from Golf Week. Yes, hit the pause button on your day and tune in. Get ready to enjoy this afternoon's amusement. Hit the peppers. Friday afternoon. We've hit March. We are officially entering like a lion. Hopefully we reach lamb status quite quickly there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Is that a golf thing or a weather thing? That's a weather thing. Okay. That's a weather thing. Technically, you know, we're like four weeks into the uh, groundhog telling us. So we're about two weeks away from spring, which would be fantastic. Um, you know, you're letting the peppers go today here a little bit. I love it. I love Friday. it. It's a fun Friday. Let's do it. It's always a fun Friday here on the pro show. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. I like the fact that the snow is melting. So the snow is significantly melting. And, uh, you know, you were kept playing that song and uh, the opening line addicted to the shindig. You know, not enough people call things shindigs anymore. Let's bring that back. You know, it's um, it's. It, you know, I had a little shindig this past weekend. And, I can, I can um, see the remainder of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it got a little ugly at one point, but I got to throw a big shout out and uh, thank you to some folks that saved my eye. Uh, yeah, it's it's a long story, folks. And I will I will give you the Reader's Digest version. But uh, I was trying to have fun, be a kid this weekend and a little snowball fight. We were up traveling in the Adirondacks with the family and some friends. And uh, I ended up in the emergency room in, in Utica. So I got to thank the doctor there and the nurse and everyone that took care of my right eye. It's uh, it's healing well, but um, it's uh, it was a little scary situation there for a moment. You know, we held we, we held our breath, but we're good to go now. We're good to go. And I, I just wanted to say thank you to all them and certainly to my local eye doctor who uh, I saw earlier this morning. And uh, she gave me a clean bill of health. So we're, we're almost back in action. So right on. the evil zoom eye is is <laughs> is going away, which is great. Um, speaking of which, thank God there's no zoom for our interview today. But 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 I do thank God that we have such a great guest today. And her name is Beth Ann Nichols. And I alluded to her in the opening. And Beth Ann is the LPGA beat writer for Golf Week magazine, certainly one of the most popular golf writer editions that comes out week in and week out and tells stories about the players and what's going on in the tours. And, and she covers the LPGA and has for, I think, since like 2006. So that's a good 15 years. Um, she writes weekly articles, feature articles. She's won three different awards. Um, can't wait. And, you know, we're about three weeks away from the LPGA's first major. So I think it's a great time to bring her on and uh, make her a friend of the show because we need to tell a couple more stories about the LPGA because they got some cool things going on with those quarter sisters and, you know, some of the other players that are there. And speaking of players on tour, one of the things that I had a difficult time talking about last week was the whole reaction to the Tiger Woods' car accident. And as more and more of the story develops and we talk about his health and everything, I thought it was very interesting to see how the multitude of players who Tiger has had an impression on in their, their lifetime 
or inspired, um, how they reacted last Sunday um, wearing their traditional tiger red. And I don't know how much of this you saw there, Mr. Wade Weezer, but um, it was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm going to start with, you know, a, a guy like Tony Finau, who, you know, we always like to poke a little fun at him because he plays. I mean, the guy plays extraordinarily well all the time. He just doesn't win. Right. But he showed up in the Tiger Mac Daddy look. So Tiger is known for showing up on Sundays with the red shirt, the black pants. The black hat on backwards and like the sunglasses, like I am the man. He did it to the T. Yeah. So Finau showed up and Finau's an impressive guy. I mean, he could play basketball. He's about six eight, six nine. You know, he just strolling in and he did the uh, he did the tiger look to a T. Uh, Rory was wearing a red shirt that had like kind of like black little tiger um, stripes on it, which was cool. Um, Phil was playing in the Champions Tour. He put a red shirt on. It, you know, so he did something. You know, one of the things that really caught my eye. And I remember this back in the day when I was working in Florida was that there was a time in Annika's career. And it was a big story last week because Annika was playing on the LPGA tour again for the first time in 12 years. And it just happened to be the week of Tiger's accident and everything. And she had to answer questions about that, about questions of returning and, and so on and so forth. But she chose to wear her red and black at Lake Nona on Sunday, which I thought was really cool that someone on a different tour was going to salute Tiger in that way. And I remember back in the day when Annika's career went you know next level when it went from like you know hall of fame status to like goat emoji you know on your phone that <laughs> she a lot of people don't know this but she started to practice with tiger over at Isleworth. she started to spend a lot of time with him and he shared i believe a lot of secrets on what he would do to to be as great as he was you know because there's one thing when they're those two were very 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 good they're both hall of famers sure but to get to that goat status there were obviously little details that people like that just think of and that they do. And I think he shared a couple of those with her and you could see her career then go to the stratosphere and she ends up winning 72 tournaments or whatever. So it was really kind of cool to see her salute Tiger in that way, because I know that they were very close back then. And it was very interesting to see how her game changed because of him. And, and it just, you know, it was really neat. One of the things that really struck me and I love Colin Morikawa. And I've been very fortunate that I've become good friends with his coach, Rick Sessinghouse, who's a PGA professional. Great guy. He's been on this show. We talked to him after Colin won the PGA last August. And Rick is not only his swing coach, but he's his mental coach, his performance coach. And I was talking to Rick and I gave him a compliment. I said, I think it was amazing how at the moment where Colin steps off making the last putt, he wins the tournament on Sunday. Steve Sands starts to interview him and he has the presence and the poise to sit there and thank Tiger. And he says, you know, I was thinking about Kobe this week and, you know, family members that I've lost and we never thank people enough. And in the process of doing this, Wade, he actually turns and does that movie thing where like they look at the camera and you're not supposed to look at the camera. Right, breaking down the wall. Right. And he goes out of character and he goes and he looks at the camera and not looking at Steve Sands and he he thanks Tiger. He's looking at Tiger. He's looking at Tiger. And I was like, man, that's tremendous poise. I mean, this guy just came off with 48 of the top 50 players in the world hunting him down and he wins this amazing tournament and he has the wherewithal and the poise to do it. And Rick was like, man, that's just Colin. That's why Colin is Colin. And, you know, congratulations to him for winning. But that really, I thought, was cool. And people were like, oh, he didn't wear a red shirt. I'm like, man, forget the red shirt. The guy walks off the green and he's right. like, thank you, Tiger, like looks in the screen. And, you know, Tiger was, you know, sitting there. He's rehabbing. He's not going anywhere. He's got to be watching the golf. He he's a golfer. He right. And as it turns out, he was because Tiger, of all people, you know, Mr. Super Private, he sends a tweet out on Sunday night. And, and I quote, 
It is hard to explain how touching today was when I turned on the TV and saw all the red shirts. To every golfer and every fan, you are truly helping me get through this tough time. Now imagine that guy opening up to that level. How cool that was. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, it was cool that like, you know, there was a, a separate PGA Tour event, the Puerto Rico Open. They had the entire maintenance staff wearing red and black on Sunday. And they took a big picture of like 50 guys wow. down there that were taking care of the golf course for that tour event. So it was just, it was just really, uh, I think, a nice sentiment. And it just shows you the impact that I was talking about last week. The Tigers had on so many people on so many different levels. And, you know, as I say this. And as I petition all of you, I just say, let's keep it going, folks, right? I mean, it's not just the first week. It's a month from now. Can we still keep Tiger in our thoughts? And can we keep it going? Because he's great for golf. There's no doubt about that. And the position that golf is in right now isn't where we're like, oh, well, we don't need Tiger anymore. You know, we still need Jack. We still need the Gary Player. Remember what Gary Player was like having in here? You know, the guy's singing in here. We're, yep. You know, we walked out of that show. You and I, we were like high-fiving each other. I mean, those are the things, those are the people we need to keep engaged. So let's keep doing it. But congratulations and uh, a hearty thank you to everyone that was wearing their red and black on Sunday. I think that that was just a tremendous sentiment, and I loved it. Um, and, you know, speaking of sentiment, you know, golf isn't always the most positive sport in the world, you know. And I, I came across this week, and um, I, I came across it this morning, so I, you know, I, I, I didn't add it. I had already uh, written up the uh, the pro show update, so I, I just, but I had to bring this up because I think you would think it was funny. Pro show bonus update. Um, when it comes to social media, right? Golfers and golf fans are the harshest of all sports fans, right? And we have the statistics to prove it, right? So this is pretty funny, right? I mean, of all the different sports, the the angry reaction on things like Twitter and Instagram and so on and so forth to golf stories and golf action. Um, it comes in at a tune of the angry action is at, is at about a 42% clip. So almost half the people that are tweeting uh, or, or it's, posting it's or yeah, is, is someone's angry about something. Just to give you an idea. The NFL, which is obviously it's a, you know, a $10 billion industry is, is the most popular sport probably almost even worldwide is at a 28% clip and then soccer, you know, you know those, those soccer people get yeah. all fired up about a zero, zero tie, you know, they're at 21%. So we're double the football and soccer fans, you know, it, it's just, I, it just cracks me up. It just double the me fan up. base that burns things when their teams lose. Oh my, yeah. Commits cri- I mean, like, crimes. Yeah. The, the soccer fans, they like fires in the stadium, right? Yes. Yeah. In the state, right on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And, and golf has doubled their passion you know we're we we are an interesting group it is passion that's there's no doubt and you know speaking of passion there's somebody that has a ton of passion for growing the game of golf and that's our sponsor the new jersey golf foundation the charitable arm of the new jersey pga section is committed to positively impacting the lives and communities through the game of golf did you know the njgf offers two annual scholarships the peter famiano memorial scholarship and the bruce lieberman memorial scholarship Each scholarship is open to all seniors in high school who will be attending college, offering $2,500 a year with a maximum of $10,000. To apply for these scholarships or for more information, please visit the New Jersey Golf Foundation website at njgolffoundation.org or call us at 732-465-1212. Well, Wade Weezer, we have got to get to Miss Nichols. So there you go. Give me a little transition music there. I love it. Folks, it is about 3.12 p.m. here in New York. 
Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with Golf Week's senior scribe, Beth Ann Nichols. He's back. What we have just witnessed is the most unprofessional act that I can ever remember seeing in professional sports, and I've been covering this stuff for 30 years. Mike Greenberg. He is better than advertised. If this kid stays healthy, he is well on his way to being one of the best and one of the most unique players this league has seen in a very long time. Greeny. Every weekday starting at noon on the new 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. You know, week after week, this sensational storyteller covers all the drama of the LPGA. From tour stops to feature articles, she pens it all. As we get to know her today, I think you all will find out her ability to craft a clever narrative comes across very easily. Sort of like she was born to do it. So nice choice here, Wade. Crank this anthem for her. Lady Gaga on a Friday afternoon. I like where your mood's at this week, my friend. And let's find out where the mood of our guest is. I know she's on the line. Beth Ann Nichols from Golf Week. How are you on this fabulous Friday afternoon? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. I, I, I wonder if Lady Gaga plays golf. I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful, but that would be fun. <laughs> You know, you remember when the Golf Channel did all those, you know, like Charles Barkley breaking 90 or, or those types of things? I would love to get somebody like that is cre- as creative and is as talented as Lady Gaga out on the tee and just try to get her to play. I mean, I think you bring up a really interesting point there. And I, I hadn't really considered that, but she would be a fantastic golf lesson. She, she would. <laughs> I mean, and, and honestly, like, in terms of like attracting, you know, new people to the game, I mean, somebody like Lady Gaga, you know, if she got into golf, you know, imagine. I mean, we have, you know, Celine Dion, but <laughs> we had Dinah Shore. Why not Lady Gaga? <laughs> well, all right, Dinah Shore, Celine Dion. And um, Lady Gaga. Well, you know what? Um, I'm going to go with Gaga on that one as far as reach. Um you know, I think I, I think we have enough baby boomers playing. So let's 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 go after that younger audience with Gaga. Um, you know, maybe you could pen a story to her, like a, a letter to Gaga that says, hey, Gaga golf would be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, 
Well, it has I, a nice ring to it. Yes, it does. And I appreciate that tangent. But getting back to why you're here, we, we want to talk about the LPGA. And they had one heck of a week last week when it comes to storylines. And you were at one of my favorite places in the world, Lake Nona, with their great host there, Mr. Gregor Jameson, who is the director of golf there. But with all that happened last week at the Game Bridge, what is one of the takeaways that you have as you head now to Golden Ocala and the drive-on championship that you're going to cover this week? Well, I think there were two main takeaways. I mean, uh, you had to go to the, literally the top of the board in Nelly Corda. Uh, the Corda sisters sweeping the first two events of the season is massive for the LPGA uh, in terms of, of bringing in new fans and, and growing the tour. You know, to have that one-two punch arguably one of the most, the most one of the most uh, talented families in the country uh, with the with the Cordas and then uh, literally at the bottom of the leaderboard in terms of having made the cut uh, you had Annika Sorenstam who of course lives in Lake Nona and has for the past 20 years and came back on the tour for the first time since 2008 which was I mean I don't think she got enough credit for the amazing feat of making the cut having and, and basically not even really playing casual golf for the better part of a decade but, but coming back because she's looking to play the U.S. Senior Women's Open this summer. And so uh, the idea of Annika Sorenstam hoisting another USGA trophy is, is really exciting for a lot of people because she's a household name. You know, that was my takeaway was your second one was that Annika made the cut. I mean, it's just unbelievable that she was able to play at tour level after 12 years off. I mean, I mean, it, it's so, I mean, how impressive is that? Well, I, I mean, and not only did she make the cut, but it was the way she did it because she had her entire, her family out there, all of, you know, this was close to spectators. So literally everyone that was following her was a Lake Nona resident or family member or friend of, of Annika's. And she would step outside the ropes and talk to people and people would come up to the tee box and talk to her and, and, and then her, her kids were tagging along all the time. She'd hold their hands walking in the tee box. Son Will, who was my, my favorite, uh, favorite person in the gallery all week, uh, was fantastic. He'd, he'd be with her, you know, on the range at breakfast, going over her shots, going over the strategy at night before he went to bed. So, so she, she had all these distractions on top of all of it. They were welcome distractions, but still, nonetheless, I mean, no one had more distractions last week than Annika because no one else is stepping outside the ropes to, to say hi and take a selfie. <laughs> well, that, that's certainly true. And I mean, you've seen your fair share of LPGA action. I mean, in fact, you've been their beat reporter since for about 15 years. And, you know, that's the reason why I wanted to talk to you today and get you here on the pro show is that it's your writing and your storytelling ability that you know, kind of draws me in. I, I love to follow you on Twitter and I, and I love to look at your different stories throughout the course of the week, because I, I think you have a, a really nice knack of being able to tell the human side of, of what's going on, on on the LPGA tour. Now, it's not always the case in our careers that we end up in the destination that where we started. Did you always want to be a writer? Because you're a very good one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I, I actually wanted to be like a producer, like on Dateline or something like that <laughs> originally. Um, and I and I was also obsessed with Barbara Walters. I thought it'd be fun to like, you know, work on a show with her or something like that. But um, but then I, I was randomly uh, asked to take a sports writing class in college. So 
I could tutor some athletes because I was an English tutor. And, uh, and so I just went in to make a little side money. I had an extra credit that I needed to take, and uh, I absolutely fell in love with it. I mean, it was a crusty old Associated Press writer uh, who, who taught the class, and, uh, and he loved golf, so he did golf examples. And I was on the golf team, and so were several of the uh, players on the men's team that were in the room. And, uh, and I, just, I, I was like, wow, this is it. This is amazing. <laughs> so you mentioned it there. You played golf at Florida Southern. And, you know, now you have this, you know, kind of mindset in your career that you want to be a part of, whether it is, you know, audio or visual, you know, storytelling. How does golf and your storytelling, you know, kind of interest, how do those two things come together? You know, I this has always been about people for me. I mean, it's, I, and I, I love the game, you know, and, and obviously, you know, the nuts and bolts are important in terms of, you know, how you got to the top of the board or how you missed the cut. But at the end of the day, it's the stories of the players that, that really draw me in. And, and, and so I guess I write what I would want to know to, to be, you know, <laughs> to put it simply, um, I had a, the best advice I ever, I ever received from, from an editor was, you know, in terms of how, how do you start a story was if you were going to call home and tell, tell your family what happened today, what would you start with? And, and so that's, that's pretty much how I write. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's just a lot of fun to get to know these athletes, you know, and, and obviously I get to know them better than, than your average fan, but I, I try to make that connection so they can feel that too. Was there a mentor along the way? Yeah, um, actually, I, I call him Mentor Jay, um, literally. Uh, actually, I have, I have a couple, and it's interesting. Jay Coffin uh, worked at the Golf Channel for a long time, but originally it was at Golf Week. And, uh, and you know, he, he he taught me some important things, and, and you know, just you know, he was kind of the – he had this job before, before I did. So when I came in fresh out of college, you know, he showed me the ropes. And then Ron Syrak, who was my competition – for many, many years, my direct competitor, um, I call him Uncle Ron. And that's the beauty of the golf industry, right? That, that he was my direct competition. We were trying to beat each other every week to, you know, to get the story, the breaking news, uh, you know, get the exclusive. But but he has been such a supporter of mine, you know, outside the ropes. And, and it's I, that's just one thing I love about this industry. Well, you know what? I'm going to cue you up for an opportunity here. Um, I'm going to guess that, you know, someone like yourself had great parents along the way. And I know it was this past Wednesday was kind of a cool day for one of them. Right. How much of a mentor was your father to you? Oh, yeah. My father's the reason I'm I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. He introduced me to the game at, at, at age nine. I played in a nine hole 50 cent league at the local muni. Uh, my mom would actually take me there, but it was my dad who taught me the game and, uh, you know, and was my primary coach my entire life and, and still is, likes to go out to the range and, and help me out. No one knows my swing better, but it's just incredible the amount of doors that golf has opened for me. It's given me my career, the places that it's taken me around the world. You know, I, I definitely uh, owe it all to my parents. And, and my mom, just, just as a little side note, has has two holes in one. <laughs> my dad has one and I have none. So <laughs> I have a lot of work to do to get uh, get up in the family ace tally. <laughs> you do indeed. But uh, the reason, you know, one of the fun reasons I wanted to bring him up and we love to have a great time here on the pro show is that it was his birthday this week. It was his birthday. And my dad has had 
an incredibly tough year. It's had so many people. He's, he's beating cancer. He's had two hip surgeries and a back surgery. And, you know, it was really special for him. You know, he's, he's graduated to the cane now, and we're, we're getting close to him being able to hit wiffle balls in the backyard, and we're thrilled. <laughs> so well, it's just every, and all these celebrations are even more meaningful now. <laughs> Well, the listeners up here will be pulling for him. And happy birthday there to Mr. Nichols. Now, uh, folks, if you're just joining us, the voice you hear on the other side of this conversation is Beth Ann Nichols. And she's a golf writer for Golf Week and multiple award winner. And one of the reasons why she's here, because her take on the LPGA week in and week out is just it's it's not only passionate, but it's a lot of fun, too. And we enjoy her perspective. Now, the LPGA missed a large majority of 2020. And, you know, there's been this tremendous start. And you, you kind of mentioned it there in the opening where the Corda sisters have won back to back events. Right. You have your first major in about three weeks, the ANA inspiration. Right. How do we keep all this momentum going for the LPGA in 2021 after such kind of a sporadic 2020? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, and, and you look this week at the leaderboard, uh, the Court of Sisters are, were paired together in the first round. The first two rounds, they'll be paired together, which is highly unusual for the LPGA. Uh, and, and, and Jennifer Cupcho is playing excellent. A lot of American flags near the top of the board. And, and the global nature of the LPGA is so important. It's so important to attracting, you know, uh, worldwide sponsorships, but at the end of the day, Americans still need to win. This is an American-based tour, and having American flags, even if they're not winning, they're, you know, they're contending week in and week out is so important, and so, you know, we've, we've seen that in, the, in the, the beginning of the season this year, and I think that's, that's crucial going forward, especially, you know, as the tour looks to replace Mike Wan, you know, um, it, it, he has monster shoes to fill, and and that American momentum is is really important. All right, let's go there then, because that's something definitely I wanted to talk about today. Um, you have covered Mike's whole career. He's been there a decade, 2010 to now 2021. You've seen where he stepped in, um, you know, the famous Instagram, you know, where you started and where you are now. Right. H- how much will Mike Wan's leadership be missed? Uh, I, I don't think you can possibly overstate it. Um, you know, Mike Wan is a transformational leader. And I think Angela Stanford, a veteran LPGA player, put it best when she said Mike Wan didn't just save the tour once, he saved it twice. And, and that's a testament to when he, when he first took over as LPGA commissioner. You know, the tour was in, in disarray, you know, the skeleton of a schedule. Uh, you know, people thought it, it might not make it. And, and Mike Wan came in and re- revived the tour, repaired all the bridges that the previous commissioner, Carolyn Bivens, had blown up and, and added, a, you know, a ton of new of new new blood, so to speak, in terms of um, blue chip sponsors. And and then all of that, all of those relationships were put to the ultimate stress test last year with the pandemic when no one would have blamed anyone for, for pulling out of a sponsorship, you know, for financial reasons, you know, an entertainment sponsorship. And, and yet all the events that didn't happen last year, those sponsors stayed on for this year and, and the purses grew and the, the tournament schedule grew. And so that, that just shows you, uh, you know, the, the kind of leader that Mike Juan is and, 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 and what a likable guy he is. I'm curious, 
what makes his leadership so effective? I mean, you got to watch him for a decade intimately and just to kind of get to know him as we try to figure out who the next person is to step in and take advantage of the foundation he's built. You know, what made Mike such an effective leader? I think there were a few things that um, number one, he fell in love with the product and its people. He absolutely had a passion for this tour. It wasn't just that he came in and this was just another stop on the resume. Everyone thought we'll be lucky to have Mike Juan for four or five years. And he lasted 11 and, and no one really thought he'd last that long, but he just loved it so much. He's very transparent with the players and with partners uh, and, and, and with the media too, you know, and, and people really valued that transparency, valued that respect that he, that he showed. And he's an outside the box creative thinker. And for a tour that, you know, needs to, to, to be different, look different, to stand out and get attention, he he delivered on that. So you're an outside the box thinker. Let, let's let's have some fun, let's have some fun with this for a minute. All right, you you just you just piqued my interest here. So you know Mike's going to move on in the summertime, and I nominate you, and you pass through the interview process. You are now following Mike, and you are in charge of the LPGA, right? So how do we take advantage? How do we continue to take advantage of all this positive momentum that women's golf has? Well, I, I, you know, I think that, you know, the one thing that kept Mike Juan up at night was the fact that the LPGA wasn't on network TV more. And while they made strides in that regard in his tenure, and certainly, you know, way more tournaments are live now than, than, than was the case, you know, five, even five years ago, uh, you know, that, that element is still a problem. Um, and so I would like to see some sort of live streaming uh, LPGA presence, you know, so if the golf channel is not live streaming it, like for the case of Annika, we didn't get to see any of Annika shots last, last week live. Like I, you know, if you weren't following me and I wasn't live tweeting anything of interest, like there was no way you could see it. And so, you know, how the LPGA can't come up with finding someone to sponsor that, you know, that, you know, brought to you by such and such here are our featured groups, you know, outside of the television window, I think that's huge. You know what? That's a really interesting point. And my brain kind of hadn't gone there because as a PGA professional, I think more about different ways to grow the game and, and maintain the interest from all the women that are playing because of, you know, this pandemic pause. But you're exactly right. They need more exposure. They need more eyes on them. And having something like a PGA Tour Live, what we'll call it LPGA Tour Live, that people can stream at their desk or at home or on their mobile devices because we're all on those day in and day out. Um, that is a very, very savvy idea. I love it. And um, yeah, I mean, that to me just shows why your perspective is so important and why we wanted to bring you on today. So let's go. Let's let's take another step there. Right. So if we could stream all of these female athletes, um, how do we then how do we then connect them though with the entry level women players well you know i th i think one thing that another thing like juan has done uh which has been fantastic is really grow uh and the connection with the lpga teachers the teaching division and 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 the not to mention usga girls golf has exploded under his tenure so you know the fact that Juan just didn't make it about the tour, but but he made sure that the other arms of the tour were involved and connected. You know, those are the people that are going to help connect all the dots 
I always say, you know, from, from the juniors to the, the teachers who are going to get the, the, the new players involved, the new, you know, new amateurs involved, the, the LPGA Amateur Association. I mean, there's, you know, he, he kind of looked at the totality of the game in terms of women's golf and, and tried to, to put an emphasis on, on everything that's under his umbrella. And, uh, and so the next commissioner needs to keep that momentum going because you're right, you know, through the pandemic, we've had a ton of, a ton of new, new people take up the game and it's a fantastic thing. And, and to try to capitalize on that momentum and, and show people that, you know, Hey, there's, it's not just a PGA tour that's out there. You can actually learn more about your golf game and relate more to your golf game by watching the women. That's a really interesting point. And I, I love the how you brought about the phrase, the totality of all of this, right? Well, as I take on the totality of this interview, I also have to think about um, the, the sponsors involved. So I got to make a brief transition here to a break there, Beth Ann. Hold tight for just a minute or so and we'll be back. And, and maybe during the break, you'll think about um, who that new commissioner might be. And maybe I'll put you on the spot for that. So I'll give you a couple seconds to think about that. Folks, up next more with Beth Ann Nichols, senior writer from Golf Week. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Keyshawn Johnson. Any quarterback that play underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Zubin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday morning starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. This is Keith Stewart, your host of the pro show. Welcome back to our conversation with Beth Ann Nichols, the award-winning writer from Golf Week. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know, wait, I love the direction this conversation is going. Let's hit the beat for this writer. It's Friday afternoon. Light it up for her. Come on. Now I bees the block. I hear you be the block, but I'm the life to keep the streets on. Notice you the type that like to keep them on the leash, though. I'm known to walk alone, but I'm alone for a reason. Sending me a drink ain't appeasing. Believe me, come harder. This won't be And there you are, my friend. Are you saying that we need an upgrade? And Beth Ann's the one to do it? She's definitely the one to do it, for sure. All right, let's welcome her back to the air. As you tune out a little Beyonce right there, Beth Ann. Sounds Hello. like it sounds like you're in the car there. So you you enjoying your your cruise down the highway here to uh, Golden Ocala as um, as my producer is uh, lighting up the sound waves here. I am. I am. I am literally driving on to the LPGA Drive On Championship <laughs> down I seventy five. So, um, it, so it, it, is your rental car sponsored by Volvic, or uh, is, how, how does that? <laughs> no, no, 
Now it is sponsored by Golf Week, paying the bill. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we love our friends at Golf Week. Now, you know, speaking of Golf Week and all of the um, interest stories that you do write about the LPGA, um, one of the things as as a, I'm a huge fan of golf and I, I said it before, I'm a PGA professional. Um, I have been for, you know, 25 years in the sports industry, in this golf vertical. One of the things that we had with Annika, we talked about her a bunch in the first segment there, was that we had this superstar. And it seems like for right now, the LPGA keeps looking for this superstar. In your opinion, is is there a Serena that's 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 right there on the edge of, of kind of being that person or um, do we need to work on that a little bit? Well, I think, you know, you know, most people would point straight to Nellie Corda as, as, as the key here, you know, the, the Serena of the tour and her sister, you know, uh, being the Venus, you know, our elder sister, Jessica, uh, you know, it, it looks like Nellie has so much potential that she hasn't even tapped yet. And, and, you know, you, you just want her to get across the finish line as, at a major championship to really feel like the floodgates could open, uh, you know, but, but the two of them together have such a tremendous built-in support system. You know, they're, they're, such, they're such good friends, first and foremost. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, the whole family dynamic, you, all, all four of them are, you know, high-level athletes. And Peter Corda, the, you know, the Grand Slam champion, is his wife, Regina, who, you know, was, I believe, ranked 25th in the world at one point uh, before she had a devastating leg injury. So, I mean, she could have been even better. Uh, and then, you know, their brother, Sebastian, who, who is, is, is flying up the ranks in, in the tennis world. So, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful story that, that can resonate with mainstream sports fans and really t- take the LPGA to another level. And, and you feel like you're just, it's just sort of right there on the edge. And, and, and will, will, will they get there? Will they take the LPGA there? I'm not sure. But that's the hope. You know what? I, I think you have a great candidate there in Nelly and the storyline with the family and how athletic they are and the brother that also is a tremendous tennis player. I mean, it, it, there are a lot of stories that can be penned there year after year um, as Nelly kind of builds her resume. Um, I wish her the best, that's for sure. But I know one of the things that when I was a young kid, the first time I went to a PGA Tour event, I was like, wow, when you see someone hit a golf ball, you are just supremely impressed at a level that's much different than going out and playing golf with your dad for, you know, when you're 10 years old or something like that. So one of the things as we go back towards growing the LPGA's kind of engagement with the fan base is that how do we get more people to go watch Nellie Core to play? Because if they did, they would see literally how great she is at golf. How can we get more fans? Because, you know, golf is one of those safe sports. We're not in an we're not packed in an arena. We have these wide open spaces as we live post covid here. How can we get more fans to go out and see how great these women are at golf? You know, I think uh, two things, you know, the, the LPGA schedule this year has some fantastic courses for the major championships and, you know, the Olympic Club for the first time for the US Women's Open, you have Carnoustie for the, the AIG Women's British Open, Atlanta Athletic Club for the PGA and, and, and of course, Inverness for the Solheim Cup. And much like people will tune in to see a golf course on TV, people will show up to see a course that they might not otherwise ever have a chance that foot on property and and so when the lpga gets the courses with name recognition uh like an olympic club 
you know, I think that certainly helps with foot traffic. They'll be at Pebble Beach soon uh, in a few years. Um, Muirfield, you know, these are, these are all iconic, important courses that the LPGA needs to be on. And, and, and the other thing is it's a grassroots effort at the end of the day. You know, I, I think tournaments like the Meyer in Michigan and, and Walmart in Arkansas, they've done a great job with, with tying community events uh, like 5K runs, and they have great, um, you know, tasting centers set up at their at their tournaments. So, you know, people can spend a lot of time eating and trying try different food, you know, foods. You know, it's been, you know, just a lot of different things. So if you're not a golf fan not, not yet, there are other things that can draw you in for entertainment value for the family. And I think, you know, as more tournaments take on that model beyond the golf, you know, how, how important that is, you know, and, and, and like this week at Golden Ocala, they have eight tribute holes. And the last time the LPGA was here in 2015, 2016, you know, much of those tribute holes, the tour had never been to, you know, they, they'd never, or none, not recently for sure, uh, you know, Baltusrol had never been to Royal Troon, which of course, Sophia Popov won the British last year. The women had never played at Augusta National before. You know, so so now, you know, it's not just the old course that, that they've played before. You know, these replica holes, they have history with them, with, with the real holes. And, and so I, I just think that says a lot about the direction the women's game is going. Yeah, the venues this year, the three that you mentioned are just fantastic. And, and certainly that will bring fans out. And I, and I think that that's an important point to continue to repeat there because, um, you know, the fact that, Atlanta Athletic Club is going to host our event, the you know the PGA Women's Championship, um, is a cool place that there's been PGA championships there. People will recognize the holes. I, I think that that will really start to resonate with fans. And folks, there's no doubt that this person resonates with fans, and she's Beth Ann Nichols, and she is a writer for Golf Week, and she covers the LPGA beat, and uh, she's all over Twitter, and you can find her at at Golf Week Nichols, N I C H O L S, and you know tune into there because and, and follow her because she's got. Some some great stories about these amazing women and which leads me to another question which is as we begin this 2021 campaign and we have the two quarter sisters win back to back we've got nelly leading again this week after the first round with jen cupcho who is another great american upstart player what are you most excited to start telling stories about in 2021 well, it's a Solheim Cup year, and 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 the Solheim Cup's going to Inverness, arguably the best venue. I don't even think it's an argument. It is the best venue the Solheim Cup has will ever be contested on to this point. And and so I think, um, you know, it's it's exciting to go to Inverness. We, the LPJ was at Inverness actually last year for a drive-on event, and and the way they they're going to have it set up with with this horseshoe around the first and tenth tee, which which share the same tee box, and and you know the as, as one group's making the turn, you know, the other group's teeing off, you know, there's just going to be so much excitement and I, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that it will be rocking and that there will be, you know, a lot of fans and it will really do it justice because this, this golf course is so perfect for, for big crowds and, and, and a max play environment. And so uh, I, I can't wait to see, you know, it's Jennifer Cupcho who was the first woman to ever win a tournament at Augusta national uh, if she's going to be on that team, I think they're, you know, you're going to see some, um, some new faces that uh, you leave me know, who's a, a rookie on tour this year. Uh, I think will I would, I would think would be a shoe in as another new face. Uh, so, so the, the lead up to 
to both the Olympics and the Solheim Cup is so big because, you know, making the Olympic team, the hardest team in golf to make is the South Korean Olympic team. You're going to be ranked, you're going to have players ranked in the top 10 who don't make it, which is just mind blowing. <laughs> wow. The South Koreans are. So you'll probably have multiple players in the top 15 that won't make it. So uh, that's going to be an incredible race to follow. Um, and, and of course, to see if the Americans can somehow squeak in four players. That's the, that's the top number that you're, you're, each country is allowed to have. But all four have to be ranked in the top 15 in order to have four players. So I'm really excited to see if, if the Americans can take that next step. Well, it sounds like you're excited for a lot of things, but I wonder how excited you are for this little tradition we have here on the pro show. We love to close with our guests and our interviews with a little rapid fire Q&A because our listeners love to get to know each and every person that comes on the show on, on a little bit more of an intimate level. So, you know, as you're cruising up there, as you drive on towards Golden Ocala, you, are you up for a little rapid fire Q&A there, Bethann? Sure thing. Sure thing. All right. Here we go. So, ooh. There, you always throw me off with that music there, Wade. You get me excited. All right, here we go. When, all right, what do you like when you are not on tour? What do you like to do when you're not on tour? When I'm not on tour, um, I do like to play golf. I'm actually myself, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, you know, my husband and I, we 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 love to hike. We love to. Um, taking sporting events, you know, spring training time in my neck of the woods. So we watch a lot of basketball. <laughs> Would you rather have lunch with Katie Couric or Barbara Walters? Oh, Barbara Walters, because I wanted to be her. <laughs> if you could be a character in any movie, who would you choose and in what movie? Oh, my goodness. Um, that is tough. I mean, but I would love to be Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. Who wouldn't? Or Mary Poppins. Either one is a toss-up. Oh, man. Mary Poppins. That is awesome. All right. Last person who texts you. Oh, my mother. <laughs> Did you make it okay? <laughs> you know what? It, it, there's nothing like mom. So that's a fantastic <laughs> okay. answer. If you could be sponsored by one apparel company or accessory company, who would you choose? One apparel or accessory company. Oh, that is a tough one. Um, we ask- I mean, my favorite store in the mall is Anthropology. So if they want to, they want to outfit me. Although not a lot of it's golf kind of clothing, but uh, but but that 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 would be a lot of fun. <laughs> we hit, we ask the hard hitting questions here, you know, in rapid fire. And I. <laughs> Beth Ann, you are way more my speed with anthropology. I know my wife would have said like Jimmy Choo or something, which which would be (laughs) way more painful. All right. Uh, Biggest pet peeve in the airport? Oh, biggest pet peeve in the airport. Oh, people, people crowding around uh, waiting to get on, on, on their flight when it's you know, like in, in your way when you're trying to be in line and it's not their turn to be in line and you're not sure if they're ahead of you or not. <laughs> that annoys me. Yeah, are you in the A column? No, I have a, I have an F. All right, well, then get out of here. All right. Uh, name a, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> name a show you binge-watched recently. What a show I binge-watched? Oh, I think it was called Blue Sky. Um, my husband and I watched it. It had the girl from the Vikings in it. 
uh, which is a favorite show. Um, Lagatha. I don't know what her real name is. I only know what, what their, their fake names are on, on their shows, but, but it was, it was a crazy show. It was, I yeah, it was great. All right. If you could go on a walk anywhere, any setting, where would you go? If I could go on a walk, you know, I, I've been to New Zealand once and I really want to go back uh, and, and and do like the Hobbit tours, you know, and, and all the stuff from Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's just it's such an such an amazing country. It's so breathtaking. And I and I and I play golf there, but I, I would love to just go on the Lord of the Rings tour. One more for you. Who inspires you? Name your number one role model. Number one role model is my mother. No, no question about it. I, I admire everything about my mom and every, and as I get older and I see all the things that I picked up from her and I didn't realize it, I'm, I'm proud of each and every one of them. Well, there's one thing that I'm proud about as someone who tells golf stories, it's to have you on my show today. I mean, you, you write so many different inspirational stories about the women of this game and to a next generation girl who's going to take it up. I think that you are quite the role model. So thanks for being with us, Beth Ann. Uh, well, thank you for having me and for highlighting this great game. <laughs> it is the greatest. That's for sure. And folks, we got to take a quick break. It's 3.50 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the Pro Show Update. Let me Players who've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogwumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life, but then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I didn't quite process that. How's this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30 percent. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. The research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission and we're so grateful to have them on our team. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. And you know what? You can listen anywhere. Just stream us at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that listen now button. And speaking of those listeners who you know we love, thousands each week keep downloading us on Google Play, iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher. But if you're listening live, it's time to float on into the weekend.
You know, it's uh, it's kind of funny that you bring that song up. I don't know where you come up with these things from time to time. I, I know we were talking a lot about Drive On there, which is the LPGA's kind of mantra and slogan. But uh, so you get float on. I don't know if that's the tie in, but the opening line to that song is, you know, I backed my car up into a cop car the other day. Right. Which remind, yep. which reminds me of a story. Um I really can't go into detail, but I did that one time. I, wait, wait, I, what do you mean you can't go into detail? Well, I, I of backed course up. You can. It's your show. Yeah, I backed up into a, I backed up into a cop car one time. I was at a I was at a Waffle House, um, and uh, it was uh, it was in the AM. And sure. uh, yeah, I t- you know you know people always ask they're like, how'd you find yourself on the radio? I said I'm a pretty good talker, and I talked my way out of that <laughs> one. And uh, since I know my parents listen, we're gonna we're gonna. We're going sure, to skip that one, and we're going to go right into the Pro Show Update, which, of course, is sponsored by our friends at TaylorMade. First, we change the shape of the driver. Now we're changing the way they're constructed. The all-new Sim 2 driver was built differently around a forged aluminum ring. It's TaylorMade's longest and most forgiving driver ever. Played by the best tour pros in the game, Tiger, DJ, Rory, Colin Morikawa, last week's winner, Tommy Fleetwood, and Matt Wolf, just to name a few. It gives every golfer the confidence to swing away every time they step up to the tee. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow. Learn more about Sim 2 Driver and find a fitting near you. Head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. And here we are with the Pro Show Update. We're going to start with that sister story from last week at the Gainbridge LPGA Tournament. And that was the Corda sisters. Now, Nellie Corda followed in her big sister's footsteps with a three-shot victory. And, you know, as the tour has started, there's been two events. And Jessica Corda, the older sister, won the first one. And Nellie Corda won the second one there at Lake Nona last week. And Nellie afterwards, she said, yeah, when Jess won, I was like, I got to get a win now. It just so happens it was the next week. Now, I know you're going to ask the question, you know, is it often that on tour that sisters win back to back? You know, you would think this would probably be the first time this ever happened. Well, unfortunately, um, there is this other woman named Annika we have mentioned a couple times. And, you know, she she did win 72 times, which gave her sister Charlotta the opportunity with her one tour victory was the week back in 2000, in March of 2000, that she backed up Annika's victory with her own victory. So the Soren Sam sisters did it back in 2000, and congratulations to the Corda sisters this time. Uh, Annika being a cut above. We, we jumped on this earlier, but um, it's amazing to me that after a 12-year layoff, being on tour, that her game was good enough to make the cut, and it did. And she said, you know, I'm thankful for being here and being able to make the cut. I'm like, Seriously, thankful for making the cut, Annika. In her career, the Hall of Famer, the GOAT of women's golf, has made 299 of 308 cuts. That's a 97% success rate. You know, I, I'm not sure if I can make 299 of like 308 putts from three feet. Yeah, really? She's amazing. It's just unbelievable. 97%. A graceful finish. Listen to this one, right? Back in 2016, Brendan Grace won his first PGA Tour event with a final round 66 at the RBC Heritage. Well, he won down in Puerto Rico by closing out the tournament in a similar fashion. He finished with an eagle on 17, a birdie on 18. He takes the title, wins by one shot. Congratulations to him. And, you know, as part of the congratulations, um, you know, that's the good news that he that he had won. And it, it, in a related bad news story, he also received a phone call from Tony Finau congratulating him on his final win of his career. 
Our man Brooks is back. Brooks Kepka. All right. Here's a significant sign that the Masters is just around the corner. It's 34 days from today it starts. All right. So aside from one bad round out in L.A. at the Genesis, Brooks has played some incredible golf lately. He's tied for two last week at the WGC, and that is his fourth top 10 of the campaign so far this season. So, you know, I mean, there's a million different jokes we can insert here uh, about him breaking clubs over his knee or firing his coach or whatever. But you know what, folks? Brooks looks healthy. And I think that's pretty unhealthy for those who compete against them in the majors starting in a month or so. Let's talk about a series of unfortunate events. The Alabama golf team, the men's Alabama Division I golf team, right? They just finished last in a 15-team SEC tournament this past weekend. And here's how they did it. They did it in distinguishable fashion, okay. right? Okay. So they take five guys with them. And in college golf, you got to count four scores. Well, their senior, Davis Shore, very good player, he played the first round, hurt his back. He can't compete for the final 36 holes. Well, the team goes out. They've got four guys. They got to count four scores. They're a great team. You know, their preseason rankings like top 25 in the country. So they're, they're a great team. Okay. So they take those other four guys. They say, we'll take our chances. We may not win the tournament, but we're going to do pretty good. They go out. Well, one of the guys on the team signs an incorrect scorecard. So his score is no longer good. So now they only have three scores they can count. So, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's not going to help. Honestly, I mean, these stories for the pro show update, they just write oh, themselves. Man, you know? It's not even a joke. It's just sad. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't even laugh at it. That's what I'm saying. You know, it just I mean, this stuff just happens in golf, you know. And speaking of stuff that happens, I got Sir Nick Rips Rick. All right. So Ricky Fowler, he's been struggling as of lately. Right. He His last victory came in 2019 at our favorite Waste Management Phoenix Open. But since that time, he's missed the cut of about half of his 23 starts, dating back to last year's Farmers out there at Torrey. And uh, I mean, the 32 year old, he's won five times, but he's in a major slump. He didn't play in the WGC last week. And he's he's in a problem as far as qualifying for the Masters. And he has a very long streak of getting into majors. So he kind of put it out there, and there's been a lot of stories written about this or whatever. So on Twitter, Sir Nick Faldo, six-time major championship winner and commentator with Jim Nance, he, he tweeted, good news, if he misses the Masters, he can shoot another six commercials that week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Holy cow. I, It's unlike... Like a guy who gets it like Nick. To go, I mean, there has to be something going on there. I don't know. Behind the scenes. We will do more digging for, for future updates. But man, that was a that's a tough one. Getting that's that from tough. He got that from a knight. Yeah, that's unbelievable. All right. One more. Johnny football going pro. That's right. Johnny Manziel. He was on Chris Long's podcast this back week. This or this 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 back week, this last week. And he said that he plans to try to become a professional golfer. And he's given himself, get this, 12 years to complete this task. (laughs) 12 years, right? I'm giving myself 12 years to try to play professional golf. I'm going to grind this out. 12 years. I think if he didn't play football, it would have taken 12 years to complete college. <laughs> Period. Anyway, I just, it's just great stuff. All right, folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending March 5th, 2021. Thanks, of course, to you on the board there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Tremendous aplomb, as is week in and week out. Next week on the Pro Show, we're going to be talking to the PGA Tour as they host their Super Bowl, the Players' Championship. Of course, without TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation, we couldn't bring the pro show to you each and every week. Couldn't bring the show to everyone without you either. And of course, we love our listeners. Now, before I go, I am going to leave you all with one brief thought about expectations versus standards. Expectations are what others have for us. 
Standards are what we create for ourselves. Don't try to live up to expectations. Be confident and define your own standards. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.